When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show. Sign up and get a free bet up to 50 pounds when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on. Do it. Afternoon. Hello there. This is posh, isn't it? Very nice. Thank you so much for coming out on a wretched afternoon and also particularly what happened yesterday in Paris. I know a lot of us aren't really in the sort of greatest of moods, but thank you so much for coming out and joining us. Um, We're going to do a sort of chat with our panel for about sort of 30, 40 minutes and then you can ask questions. We'll do a QA. and a we're just going to talk about Spurs, our, our mutual love of Spurs, really. So that, that's it, really. Uh, for those who don't know, my name is Mike Lee. I'm your chairman. I, I uh, sort of co-host a podcast called The Spurs Show, which you can download every week. Um, but unlike Tottenham's chairman, I've got in early. I've signed up the panel. Good deals. One payment, no instalments. Everyone got what they wanted. So let's uh, introduce everyone who's... Uh, going to be talking this afternoon. Firstly, an eminent football writer, Fleet Street's first female football reporter, uh, screenwriter, we all know those glory, glory days, wonderful film about the double team, writer of the official Tottenham Hotspur biography uh, recently, and co-writer of the equally wonderful Ghost of White Hart Lane. To me, she is the dame of White Hart Lane. Please welcome Julie Welsh. You can, you can do a flying leap. You can, there we are. Lovely. Uh, secondly, um, Walthamstow-born, Spurs fan, like all of us, through and through. But unlike most of us, he actually played in the lily-white shirt uh, between 1980 and 1983. And he made his debut for the first team at just 17 years old. And now one of the voices of Spanish football on Sky Sports. Please welcome Terry Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They've got stairs on that side. There you are. It's a big jump. Sit down there. There we go. Um, thirdly, uh, Guardian Communist. Ooh, the Guardian, eh? It's on the Spurs show. Unbelievable. Guardian Communist, author of the uh, book again, quite recent, but Vertigo, One Football Fan's Fear of Success, charting our Champions League season. If you haven't got it, another great book that's uh, worth buying. Um, a Tottenham obsessive. Now, I'm sure there's many Spurs obsessives here. This guy really is an obsessive. And I've seen his whole Tottenham memorabilia collection to know he's an obsessive. Um, please welcome to the stage, Mr. John Crace. <laughs> and finally, our final uh, guest on the panel this afternoon... Wow. 477 appearances for Spurs between 1982 and 1998. 16-year career at Tottenham and club captain for 11 of those years. UEFA Cup final medalist, FA Cup final medalist and still, sadly in a way, the last Spurs captain to lift the FA Cup. Shocking in a way, but for him probably a good thing because he can sort of, you know, still dine out on it. Uh, and now ambassador for the club, the one and only Mr. Gary Mabbott. <laughs> okay. I feel like Terry Wogan sitting here now. Look at this. It's really quite unusual. Um, so what we're going to do this afternoon is talk about really my belief that Spurs fans were special. There's something about a Spurs fan that sets us apart from all other fans and there's something about Tottenham Hotspur that sets us apart from all other clubs. And that's what we're going to discuss this afternoon. Um, maybe you may all agree with me or just think I'm an idiot. I don't know. We'll soon find out. So that's what we're going to do. And then, as I said, after the chat, we'll do a Q&A and you can ask everyone here whatever you want, really. So, uh, yeah, so we'll kick off um, a special edition of the Spurs show. So we'll start with you, Julie, because obviously you were Fleet Street's first female reporter. So, you know, you, you went out and reported on not just Tottenham, but many clubs. So what was it like for you being a Spurs fan, going in, having to report, you know, professionally, going in, trying to be impartial in a game, writing a report about Tottenham playing Leeds United or whatever... What was it like for you going in first day, you know, first time in that press box and, you know, as well, a Spurs fan? I, I have <coughs> to say, um, it's, it's a, I, I shall never forget my, the first time I ever reported a Spurs game as, I, as opposed to actually, you know, going as a fan. Um, because uh, back then there was a special entrance to, um, for the press at White Hart Lane and you went through this side door and it was always oh, lovely, you know, oak panelling on the sides and things like that. And on the right, as I went in, you know, I didn't... I was I really didn't know where to go. I was very much a beginner. It was about my fourth game, I think. Um, and there was this door, this really beautiful oak panel door marked press. So I sort of flung it open, you know, I'm here, guys. <laughs> and it was the men's loo. <laughs> <laughs> so there were all these men pointing Percy. So I, <laughs> I did this very, very quick sort of backward sprint. Um, and so, that yeah, that's my first memory of actually being a, a Spurs reporter. <laughs> but we talk about, obviously, well, as I'm sure we will this afternoon, some of the great Spurs teams. 
When you started reporting, it was what sort of mid seventies, pretty dire then, weren't we? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it was the seventy three seventy four season. Right. Okay. Um, so you know there was st- Gilly was still there. Yeah. Um, there was still sort of some good bits, but um, it was definitely in decline. And Bill Nicholson and Eddie Bailey had by that time started sitting in front of the press box, and they just used to sit there sort of moaning the whole time. <laughs> it was actually... Nothing's changed if you sit in the West <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's where, the, that's where we all picked it up from, I guess. Um, yeah, so it, it was kind of depressing to go and re- report Spurs in, 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 that, in, in those days. Um, I did try, you know, sort of kind of upbeat tone about it but mm. you could see where it was going and um you know in the mid 70s that's where it went but um oh. fantastic now terry to bring you in now um obviously you joined spurs at a young age and played at a young age but then you obviously you went on you know wimbledon commentary manchester united what is it for you about tottenham hotspur well, you know inside the club was it a different vibe to the other teams you played for or was that or are they all pretty much the same when you no no there's, playing? There's, there's, there's different <coughs> vibes from from all the clubs that i played for but i first started supporting tottenham in that depression wasn't there and the uefa cups are <laughs> later on in that decade so it, i think they are unique i'm a massive spurs supporter and i'm almost pessimistic if we're three and a half or ten minutes to go, other people around me might be saying, no, Spurs have won, I'm always fearing the worst. <laughs> if we're in top four season, I'm always thinking we're going to finish fifth. It's, but that is, to still retain the support that the club does with what they haven't achieved in mm. the last 20 years is, is phenomenal. I, I look at the games now and, and watch the games, the majority of the games on television, and all the away games, I don't see better away support from, from any team in the Premier mm. League. And we still we haven't had the trophies that other teams have had in London, um, Manchester City as well, clubs like that who suddenly found all these supporters. Ours have stuck through mm. thick and thin. And to see them travel up to Sunderland on a, a midweek game and see one end filled up with the entire you know the end of Tottenham sports is is, is fantastic. Mm. John, I mean, you famously quite recently, a few years ago now, wrote an entire book about following Tottenham home and away for an entire season. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you were doing it before then. Yeah. But to actually have to sit down and really put into words <laughs> some of the games we've had to sit, you know, good and bad. You know, was that, was that easy or was that quite difficult? Um, it's, it's always, I mean, it's the journey getting there <laughs> and back that is often the real problem. I mean, if you like going to Newcastle or Liverpool or somewhere like that, you're sort of leaving at sort of seven or eight in the morning and you're sort of driving up and you're thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> why, why am I going to Anfield where we haven't won for, you know, God knows how many years? Mm. And you're going to sort of Matthew, who's, who's here in the audience, is sitting there and he's saying, why am I here as well? <laughs> and you kind of go up there and... Um, and it's, there's this sort of remarkable thing. And, and then it's for those moments when you do, because there was one end-of-season game when we did go up to Anfield. And it was when we were sort of struggling to avoid playing in the Europa, Europa League. And needless to say, we won 2-0. Uh, I think Liverpool were trying harder not to play in it. <laughs> But we suddenly found ourselves sort of driving home from, and we didn't know quite know how to react because 
we'd, we'd got, you know, three and a half hours in the car when we couldn't moan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to talk about. <laughs> nothing to talk about. Game over. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. All right, Gary, from a player's point of view, I mean, again, you joined Tottenham in 82, so you joined, rather than when you started working professionally, you joined at a, a great time. We recently won the FA Cup. This, the year you joined, we, we won it again. So you joined at an amazing time when there was success. And thankfully, for the majority of your career, we were kind of winning things. So you've probably got a different perspective on what we've had to sit through over the years. No, believe me, I've, I've been through all the same things. <laughs> been through. Uh, I think it's even much more difficult now. Um, when, obviously, I finish playing and uh, I go along to quite a lot of games at White Hart Lane. And... I have to say that I am a far better player sitting in the stand than I ever was out there on the field. Right. Because you sit there in the stand and you, know, you see things happening and you're, you're questioning why they're doing it and you think, why do you do that? But then you know full well that a few years ago you did exactly the same yourself and mm. all the fans are moaning about you doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, I think the great thing about, for me about Tottenham is that uh, Tottenham has been part of my family now for the last 33 years. Uh, I joined in 1982, as you said. I came from Bristol Rovers. Um, Tottenham at the time were a team full of international stars. The team itself at the time was Ray Clements in goal, where Steve Perriman, Graham Roberts, Paul Miller, Chris Hewton. Midfield was Glenn Hoddle, Ozzy Ideliz, Ricky Villa, Steve Archibald, Garth Crooks. So, I mean, I came along to, to join in with this, this squad of players. I'd only ever seen these players before on Match the Day or on Top of the Pops. You know, so, <laughs> so, of course, for me to come along there and to, to try and fit in, it was a bit difficult because, you know, when you first arrive at a club, you get plenty of stick, as you do in the dressing room, and uh, my Bristolian accent and, of course, uh, carrying needles and having the odd little fallover during training, things like that, uh, you know, cause a bit of chaos at times. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was lucky in that within... When I joined the club, Keith Bergenshaw was manager. And he said to me, Gary, he said, obviously, we'd love to sign you. Bill Nicholson's recommended you, and uh, uh, I'm very happy to sign you. But you'll probably be with the squad for two or three years before you get a chance in the first team. And I was very happy to sign on, that, uh, on what he told me. Um, but first two or three weeks I was there, pre-season, we had a couple of injuries. And I got in the, the first game I played was three weeks after I joined. Wow. And I stayed there for 16 years. So, um, yeah, I was very fortunate. And people say to me, but Gary, how come that you went to Tottenham and you, know, you were playing the English third division with Bristol Rovers? You came to Tottenham and suddenly, within three weeks, you're playing in the, you know, the top league in the country. Two months later, you're playing for England. Yeah, how did this happen? Yeah, how did you manage to change so much in those two months? Absolutely nothing to do with me at all. I was going into a squad of players that was such a great squad of players that you know, I was able to fit in with them. But it was those players that <coughs> lifted my performances when mm. I went there. And you know, you're always on a learning curve. Mm. Obviously, I was lucky I was there until I was uh, nearly 37 years of age. And I was still learning in my last training session than I was in my first. So, but being, you know, being part of Tottenham, I, ha I have to say over the years, the support has been absolutely fantastic. Mm. Uh, Terry mentioned it just now about the away support you know, in, in recent times. The away support, even during you know, the years that I was playing at the club, was always absolutely amazing. The people that would travel all, all times of day you know, to get to matches, we'd be having an awful run, they'd still turn up. Uh, and those sort of things are, you know, I think when I look back, um, at times I don't think you appreciate it as much, mm. uh, you know, what people would, were doing to come and support you. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, go to the European Games now, and I go there and I... 
I go across, of course, as an ambassador, and so I go and you sit out, out in the centre of the towns where you are and the fans are all arriving, you have a few drinks and chats with the fans to, to hear <coughs> what they go through to actually get to matches. Mm. And yet, as players, mm. you don't appreciate the cost, the involvement of them get, getting to these, these grounds. Mm. And, uh, yeah, there is something very special about the Spurs fans. I mean, it's funny because we've got, on um, December the 7th, we've got Keith Bergenshaw and Peter Shreves doing the Spurs show Christmas live event. Um, and so I've been doing a bit of sort of research and going back, just been researching that whole season, which many of us might remember, when we were in the second division and how, again, typical Spurs where we nearly threw it away near the end and lost a couple of games near the end. And there was a game against I think it was Bolton. We beat them. Allardyce was playing for Bolton. And we won 1-0. Some of you might remember. Don McAllister, diving header. There was 52,000 Spurs fans there in the old second division watching that game. And around years later, we look at Chelsea... They were getting like eight, nine thousand when they, I mean it just shows you what a massive club we were and, and, and still are. And Terry, I mean, you know, you were a Spurs fan, so you you were a fan before you played professionally for the club. So for you it must have been an, an unbelievable buzz to go in there and this is actually my mm. club. Well I left school not long after we got promoted. Right. So I was fifteen, sixteen. I left school early. Missed all my exams because I was they did all right. Enjoying the <laughs> yeah, playing truant from school. Um, so when Gary joined, we hadn't long been back in, but it, there was a massive change around that time. I was fortunate to be, to be involved and grow up as a youngster at Spurs with a team that people, Tottenham supporters, still remember with, with great fondness. Um, when Keith came, got the club promotion, and then Ozzy and Ricky came in, and Glenn Hoddle became more established, and... It was, it was a special time for me as a mm. youngster, as a Spurs fan, but to be involved and be there on a, a daily basis. I actually remember the game. You, you're talking about Don McCallum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I hadn't thought about that for years, but <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a special club. I'm slightly worried that I'm 52 years of age and we haven't won the league in my lifetime, so that needs resolved yeah. at some yeah. stage. I'm so old that I've actually been alive. <laughs> Both times Spurs have won the league. <laughs> <laughs> But, Julie, you've obviously famously... It's there, right, up above us, the biography of Tottenham Hotspur, which, again, those of you who haven't got it, I'm going to presume it's on sale here, get a copy. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. But, again, you think you sort of know everything about our club, but there were some great stories in there. When you had to sort of research that, I mean, going back to the whole thing about Tottenham Hotspur being special and different to other clubs, what kind of things did you sort of unearth that sort of, sort of helped that, that argument that we are a different type of team, different club? Well, um, apart from anything else, every, Spurs seem to do everything in cycles. I mean, they're absolutely brilliant for a couple of years, and, and then you know the, everything sort of goes downhill rather. And then you know they, um, it's 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 not quite you know total peaks and total troughs. Um, the other the other thing that I will say about Spurs is that um, we're first to do everything, or we were first to do everything. Um, you know, we were f- first first. To first non first non league club to win the FA Cup, for instance, uh, first to do the double, um, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, it it's quite difficult to define a Spurs supporter, though. But you, ha- I think, it, you have to be somebody who's okay with there being sort of lean spells mm. as well as great spells, and there are a lot of lean spells. <laughs> well, that makes, does that make success sweeter when you've, you've sat through, you know, the mid-90s again and these are awful teams? I think you know, it, after Gary, obviously, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. you, you know I'm saying it's, you did play some awful just, players. It's just sort of 
part of being but, a Spurs supporter, that that's yeah. something you, you kind of buy along with the, the, the badge, that you, you know that you're going to demonstrate your capacity for, for um, you know, tolerance of, of, of total awfulness um, from time to time. But then you actually get the bliss and the wonder and the ecstasy when it, you know, everything works out, which I don't think you would get from um, another club like, let's say, Chelsea, for instance, because, you know, it's so easy for them. But it's not been easy for us. I mean, even when Spurs were in their two title-winning seasons, um, the push-and-run team... Um, for instance, had come up from the second division the year before. So it wasn't sort of some, you know, somebody pouring a lot of money in the club and, and, you know, they were going to be, you know, win win the league forever after. It was after a time of struggle. And the... uh, I'm on my hobby horse now. That's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the double-winning team. I mean, Bill Nicholson painstakingly built that side, like you'd build an aircraft. It Mm. was... um, you know, bit by bit, he assembled each, each component of the team bit by bit. Um, the there were certain key players who came in at certain times. Um, one of them was when he bought Dave Mackay, who, who sort of fitted alongside Danny Blanchard so well. And then, then um, the, the the son of the great John White is here with us today. Hello, Rob. Uh, it was when um, Bill Nicholson bought John White that, that that was the final piece in the jigsaw, in a way. And but it took a long time for, for Spurs actually to to sort of. Do you think, it. therefore, if we were like a Liverpool, Manchester United, who then win the league, you know, in certain periods, year on year, it would sort of alter our perspective on the club and, and even other supporters? I mean, Gary. I mean, the teams you played for. In that sort of 83-84, Shreves' first season, we finished third. Yeah. And Pleat's first season, we finished third. So you were in, in a team that got very close. Was, that, was there a sort of a feeling, because, I mean, again, Spurs fans, you know, since then we haven't done it, so it's almost like we don't expect to win it. Is that something in a bad way seeps through the club now? I mean, as a player, did you sort of feel that, or do you generally think, no, we, we, we can do this, we can win this? No, I think that, uh, I mean... Every single season, we believe we could win something. Every single season, we thought that we were going to have a great season. Um, and I think uh, Terry made a very poignant point just now about when you're sitting, you know, watching with 3 0 up and you're still nervous. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think we're the only club I know that we're like 2 0 up. We go into the, you know, up on the screen comes three minutes of injury time and the whole crowd go, oh! Yes. You actually hear the crowd, as you hear the crowd reacting. Well, we yeah. know we can't lose. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it's just a, but the unpredictability of it, I, I think, is what, uh, is what can be so frustrating. That said, obviously, I was a, a player there for 16 years, but since then, obviously, I've been a fan of the club and, uh, you know, it's, it's been part of my life for a long time. And I get as frustrated, as, as annoyed, you know, and as ecstatic, you know, as everybody else. I mean, last weekend, I could not believe it. Before the Arsenal game, I'm thinking, OK, we're going to the Emirates. OK, <laughs> yeah, may not be a good day. So I'm thinking, but if we could, if we could snatch a point, mm. I'd be absolutely <laughs> delighted, OK? The final whistle goes, I'm distraught. Because yeah. we should have beaten them. Yeah. We outplayed them. And yet, again, that whole thing of what your expectations were and then yeah. what actually happened on the day. I mean, for 70 minutes, we actually outplayed them completely. Yeah. some lovely football. Funny, then, course, you, just, you just reminded me that moment, that whole Spurs thing, well, oh, there's three minutes to go, whatever. 
it was you probably played in those games. Those eighty-seven Littlewood Cup semi-finals <laughs> against Arsenal, when the uh, announcer, I'm guessing, it was Willie Morgan, whoever, announced how to get tickets for the final. Yeah. When we were <laughs> one up, we'd one, one nil there. Clive Allen, I think, yeah. helped me Close out scored. here, and we, then Lannan yes. scored again, so we were two up. Half time technically, and it was announced, and that was they turn it around. It was that moment for me. It was like, oh, why, why do we do this to ourselves? And again, I remember under Hoddle against Man United when we were three 0 up at half time, and as soon as you're a Spurs fan, going, we're going to do this, aren't we? You just know something's going to go wrong. I mean, John. I mean, you just saying. I mean, can you think of games like that? I mean, I don't know if the, the games. You. I mean, your book that season. Um, well, not so much the Champions League season. The, the, the season before we got into the Champions League, there was a period when some of us thought, we went up to that, was it the Man City game? And we went up there and Defoe missed that chance to, to, to sort of win the mm. game. Oh, that there was that, was, was the, there that, was that moment after, when, when think, we started yeah. thinking, we could win the league here. Yeah. I know, but we've, we, I mean, I've <laughs> found myself in the last few weeks thinking that actually we have a team at the moment that is capable of winning the league. I mean, a lot of other teams seem a bit iffy, um, but we there does seem to be a kind of plan going on now. And um, for the first time, seems sort of rather wonderful that you kind of look at the, the way the play is set up and they genuinely seem to know what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> there, was a, there, was, there, was a, there was a few seasons when Kyle Walker, from having looked like the most promising right-back in the country, went to completely hopeless, because he would sort of get to the halfway line, and clearly the manager had told him he wasn't allowed to go over the halfway line or something, so he'd get there and just sort of stop. <laughs> and sort of pass backwards or something. You think, what's going on? But now he seems to have sort of refound his form and I'm sort of loving the way he's playing again and hopefully he'll sort of kind of press on. But the, there is always that moment. I mean, I remember uh, the semi-final of a, a Carling Cup game when we were... I think we were 4-1 up against Arsenal with 10 minutes to play. Mm. And I thought we can still lose this. <laughs> and I genuinely believed it. And then, then I, can't, I think it was Mal Bronx scored in the yeah. final minute or something like that to a 5-1 and that was finally, OK, <laughs> they cannot score four goals in four minutes. It's yeah. an impossibility. We're done. So we'll what's go- it like facing Spurs? Because, I mean, famously, you know, Roy Keane has sort of said, you know, his team talk would be, we're playing Spurs today, so... That immediately meant they're going to choke, we can win this game. You obviously played against us, certainly, well, probably yeah. most of the teams, Coventry, Wimbledon and, <clears throat> yeah. and United. What was it like in the dressing room then? What did other players talk about facing there was, Spurs? There was a start, I remember, sorry, <coughs> I was at Manchester United with Fergie. Right. And his team talk, which you hear, I heard at all the clubs I played for against Spurs, fancy Dan's get stuck into them. If they play well, if you let them play, and this went for a my 15-year career, the team talk never changed. Mm. If you let them play, they would always have a good team and beat you. And I remember Fergie saying, you know, all those youngsters that come up from Spurs, <laughs> I'm sitting there, where's he <laughs> going with this? They're all fancy dans, they're all big-time Charlies, all this and all that. <laughs> no, I'm not getting a game. But that night, it was people... <laughs> that was my man, current manager. And he actually, afterwards, he said, oh, I only said it just to get stuck into our boys. But there, there was a feeling that you had to be at your top of your game. You had to be aggressive against Tottenham as well, um, because if you didn't, then they always, right throughout my career, 
and you can list all the players from the Glens and Aussie and Rickies, Ginola, Gascoigne, Klinsman. They've always had star quality, so you had to be at your best to, to try and stop them. But it was a, there was always a familiar theme with how to try and, and play against Spurs. Mm. I was a bit surprised at that comment from, from Roy Keane, actually, because mm. it didn't help him much in 91 Cup final, did it, when we played Forest? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But do you think, I mean, again, as players, I mean, you obviously don't, you can't, but you don't really mix with the fans when you're playing. You obviously both do. I mean, you work, you know, at Spurs quite a lot now. So now you, you meet idiots like us, and do you remember this game and that no. game, Gary, and whatever. So, I mean, how does it shift as a, when you're playing and you are sort of cognitive from what's going on and what the fans are saying about certain players and the way we're playing? And now, now you become a fan, you're sitting there talking like we are now. Well, it's, it's strange because um, yeah, it wasn't like that. Things have changed a great deal in the last few years. But when I first joined Tottenham in 1982, anybody was allowed to come and watch training. Yeah, it, was, it was open training sessions. Fans could come in, they could come, we had a stand at the training and ground. Just, and there's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 so, yeah, mm. week in, week out, anybody could turn up. School holidays, it was packed. Yeah. Uh, but anybody could come along and watch you train. Amazing. And then after the training, they could get autographs, get pictures. In this day and age, um, it's very, very different. I went on tour with the club uh, a couple of years ago into South Africa. And, you know, we got to the airport. And normally you get to an airport, the lads are causing havoc. You know, the, the team spirit, the things that go on at the airport, the lads play pranks on each other and whatever, and other people. It's chaos. Um, I got there, and obviously the whole team, they got their headphones on. You know, they're standing on their own. It was, it was quiet. It was so different. Um, and there is a very little... I think coming together between the, I think the, you know, the players and the fans mm. at the moment, and I think that's very sad mm. uh, because you know, all of us know that the, you know, the game itself, you know, when you're at a big, big club, there will be a time will come when somebody comes in to buy the club, and uh, if the offer is good enough, big clubs will sell. Mm. Um, so the board will move on at times. You know, the manager who'll get a good offer to go somewhere or get sacked, he'll move on. The players, same thing. Club want to get rid of them, or he gets a big offer from Real Madrid, he'll want to go. The one stable thing about a football club are the supporters. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, that, that to me is, I think, uh, has been lost sometimes in the way things are currently. Mm, yeah. uh, I think we, we try, I mean, we try it hard at Tottenham. I mean, we've got a fantastic football foundation that we work with, fantastic community that we, you know, things that we do. But I think we've, we realise how important the fans are, but it's actually trying to get back it, you know, turn things back around mm. and, and make it so that, you know, you feel part of that family. As I said, it's been part of my family for 33 years yeah. Yeah. and the fans are all part of that. Yeah. My first game at, uh, for Tottenham at White Hart Lane was my debut. It was against Luton Town in 1982, the first game of the season. And, you know, there was this, you know, used to signing all these big stars. Suddenly there was this Gary Mabbitt from Bristol Rovers, never heard of me before, who the heck's this? I came out and in the first, first five minutes, we had a free kick I made a run in the box, as always, Glenn Holder put it right on my head, and I scored. And literally, suddenly, the, the, the fans warmed to me, you know, and I, I built a rapport with the fans then, and it stayed there for the last 33 years. But that's what the club's about, that family feel about it. That's what it, we're striving to, to make sure that we, we, you know, we maintain. The fans chant was it super, super, gal, super. I don't remember the, the fans chant for you. I mean... Um, John, so I just want to ask so I was, you. I want to say, I mean, I think the fans, I mean, the cha- I mean, think that there is an understanding that, you know, the clubs are much more commercial these days and that players and managers will move on. 
It's, it's a matter of how it's done. Um, I remember when, I mean, for instance, I don't think there was a single player, I mean, fan that I knew that resented Gareth Bale going on to Real Madrid because there was a feeling that he'd given his all for Spurs. He'd stayed longer than he necessarily might have done. He had chances to go earlier. He was still trying. I think he still scored in about the 88th minute of his last game. And there was a feeling that, you know, at, eight, at 90 million, you know, he was probably too good for that side. But I, the thing that the fans pick up on, I think, and don't like, is when they can see that sort of players aren't actually trying. They think they're too good for the club and they want to go. And, you know, they, they're sort of just putting in a sort of 80% shift. And the fans sense that. Do you think what hinders us maybe as, as Spurs fans is the whole thing about playing the Tottenham way. Because if you're honest, apart from the sort of double team and the successful teams in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, and probably under Harry Redknapp for the last time I can think of, you know, you know how much does that really mean, that Tottenham way? I mean, you can argue now Pochettino's playing a different way, which Arsenal game you mentioned was, was, was wonderful to see. Do you think that, Judy, is a sort of maybe a hindrance to what the fans expect from, from the club? I think that... Um... Fans accept that, that, that football has moved on and that, that, that uh, their styles, various styles of play are, you know, come and go. Um, I think that there's enough in the way the current team plays to remind you of pass and move, which is mm. the sort of definitive Spurs style. Um, it, it's, I, I think there will always be something called the Spurs way even if it's not the way that, um, you know, the, the push-and-run team did it um, way back in 1950-51. Uh, and um, he, there are diff- the players are different now. Mm. I mean, he, he, you couldn't quite play that game um, now because, you know, that um, players are bigger, they're taller, they're faster, they're fitter, um, the whole game is faster. It's still a passing game, hopefully. Um, so there, I think there is... That, gosh, this sounds like a load of flannel. Um, <laughs> the, there is still a Spurs way, but it has adapted um, in certain ways. And there is a way in which it will always be Spursy, because however good we are, I think that the definition of a Spurs fan is somebody who is always anxious mm. even when we're 3-0 up mm. and there's 10 minutes to go because there is some sort of collective memory in the mm. Spurs supporter which knows how wrong it can all go. Mm. Um, <laughs> earlier this season um, home game against Stoke, we mm. were 2 up and I was just sitting there and I thought, it's not enough. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And do you remember that um, 5-3 over Chelsea last season? Um, there was 5-3. It just wasn't enough. It, wasn't, it just wasn't. And if, I, I just can't... I mean, I still get speechless, obviously, talking about the emotions that, that you, you go through when um, that sort of um, thing is going on. Um, yeah, I would say it's a, to, a Spurs fan is special because we have a collective memory yeah. of um, how wrong it can all go. But it's a collective memory of, you know, if you support, I don't know, Mansfield Town off the top of my head, who probably never won anything, you're not, there's no expectation... 
because you haven't won things. Mm. With most Spurs fans of a certain age, there still is an expectation because we know of, yeah. we've been there. We know we've, we've tasted it. I mean, the Champions League season, we tasted yeah. it. We heard the Champions League theme music <laughs> at White Hart Lane. Yeah. It was incredible. We want it again. Yeah, well, know. I think, I mean, Gary was actually, I, I was at the Arsenal game on Sunday and I reckon that I ended the match as tired as the players. <laughs> I, was, I was exhausted because, um, like, I mean, we should have won that game. We really should have won that game. And I was with, I was with you know, my perennial Matthew, who is, we go to games together for years and years and years. And at 1 0 down, we just said, it's going to be 1 all, isn't it? It's just got 1 all written all over it. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it was an improvement in that you're leaving the Emirates think, you know, pissed off that you've come away with a draw rather than sort of thinking, mm. yeah, well, at least we've got sort of some bragging rights here. But there was that kind of sense that we had missed an opportunity. And, I mean, at home games, because I've been in the same seats for years and years and years, and two down from me uh, is the club's biggest moaner, I think. <laughs> he, he, he is, I mean, he even manages to annoy Spurs fans with his moaning, <laughs> because from about ten minutes in, it'll be a long-stop monologue of, this is shocking. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why he does it. I don't. And none of us can quite work out why he's got a season ticket because he clearly has never enjoyed any game he's been to. Um, but somehow he is the quintessential fan. And if I had to find sort of the beating heart of Spurs, it'd probably be under sort of seat 82 in row 13 in block 24. You know, because this is the man, the beating heart. But there's something about when we, you know, let's talk about some successes. And obviously, Gary, you're here and, and the last captain to, to lift the FA Cup. There's something about when Spurs fans and obviously players sense something, that something's going to happen. Maybe this year is our year. And obviously that 91 Cup win, when you look back at those games, obviously the semi-final, which none of us will forget. Mm. But I, I remember some of those early games. There was the, uh, Blackpool and... Um, Portsmouth and, and talks about star players and players that do it. Paul Gascoigne, who single-handedly, you could argue, with his goals and performances, got us to that cup final. What was it as a player, your memory of, 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 of those round of, of, of matches? Well, first and foremost, I have to say that uh, that was a very difficult season for us. I think we were, despite uh, doing very well in the, in the cup competition... I think that season we were more on the business pages than we were on the sports pages. Uh, the club was going down financially. There were a lot of problems off the field. Uh, but uh, we tried to keep, you know, Cherry worked very well to keep that away from the players as much as possible. Um, you know, we had a, yeah, a lot of characters in our squad. Um, certainly you mentioned there about Paul Gascoigne. I have to say that as players and as supporters, I think we were lucky in the fact that we got to see the best of Paul Gascoigne during that season. Yeah. That, that was his best year he ever had in football. Um, and during, you say, during that cup run, it's not possible in football to single-handedly get you somewhere. Mm. But if it was, it was that season, Paul did it for us. Uh, the first game, we were at Blackpool, and we were so lucky to get through that game. It was awful. The, it was knee-deep in mud. The wind was unbelievable. The, the rain was like today. <laughs> oh, it was worse. I've never ever played in conditions like it. How the game went ahead. Eric Torset was in goal, and I was playing centre half, so I'm like 30 metres outside the box. Eric's taking the goal 
goal kick. The ball's come out, it's gone over my head, it's bent up, it's gone back, and Eric's <laughs> come and got on the edge of his box. And, it's back to him. and of course, obviously, it should have been in the laws of the game, there is no law for that, really, yeah? <laughs> so the referee was totally perplexed about what he had to do. And I said, oh, ref, come on, let me be silly, it's a win, you know, let him take it again. And he did, let him take it again. Mm. But it should have been a free kick to Blackpool. But uh, I mean, how we got through that when we were fortunate. Mm. And then you say, the, the run that went on, Oxford at home, yeah. beat them 3-1. So, you know, Gaza scored in, in that one. So, and Portsmouth, again, obviously remembers the games that, that he you know, put in some outstanding performances. Mm. great thing about Paul was that if the game was starting to go against you, you know, you didn't deserve to win the game, Paul could actually grab the game by the scruff of the neck and turn it your way. Uh, he was in, you know, the talents that he had w- were immense. And the semi-final... Um, I mean, because Arsenal were going for the double that season, weren't they? I think they yeah. already won the league or were about to win the league. No, they, they'd won so the league fans, already. So fans, I remember going there, going yeah. off, you know. They were odds-on favourites. Yeah, they so. were the, uh, they'd already won the, won the title. Mm. Um, yeah, we were not expected to go. We hadn't had a particularly good run. We weren't expected to go there and uh, get a good result. And uh, there's a bit of, you know, obviously things that players do. And I think myself and Gary Lineker probably started it. We, we made up a couple of stories uh, that we used in the team uh, in the team meeting before the game, and um, we mentioned that um, we had good good friends in the music business and in the um, tailoring business, and we'd actually been told uh, that Arsenal had already made their cup final record and already been measured for their cup final suits. So we, we added that into the team meeting. <laughs> so, so of course, Gaza was going absolutely wild. <laughs> He's like furious and all these things going on. So, but uh, but no, I mean obviously that. That free kick uh, from Paul um, that uh, sent us on our way. And again, it was a, an occasion like last Sunday, to be fair, where we, we totally outplayed the Arsenal. I mean, we played some wonderful football that day uh, and thoroughly deserved the victory. So, again, uh, we weren't expected to win it, um, but beating Arsenal in the, you know, in the first ever semi-final we played at Wembley, uh, it was just an amazing moment. Uh, but you... You touched on just now the, the Tottenham way. Mm. I just wanted to obviously say a couple of things in that obviously working with the club and you know, I work with all the academy and all the, um, our soccer schools and the areas that uh, we go coaching in both at home and overseas. And we do. We, all our youngsters, we basically we try and teach what we believe to be the Tottenham way. You know, free-flowing, attacking football, pass and move. You know, it's all about the ball. Nothing is done every time we have a session Every player has to touch a ball a thousand times. Oh. Yeah, it's like so everything is around the ball. So yes, that's what is we build up from the the youngsters that first come along, the soccer schools, our academies. That's what we want to bring our players through. But uh, as we say, we have times in our history where that's been very evident. Um, one of those would be the team under David Pleat in 1986-87. We had a fantastic team that that year. Um, we were the almost but not quite team. We got third in the league, got to the semi-final of the League Cup, got to the final of the FA Cup, but actually we won nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that was so frustrating because we had a team there. We played some most wonderful football. Clive Allen scored 49 goals, a, a record still to this day. Um, but it's yeah, those things about the frustration about yeah, the, the Tottenham fans. Uh, I mean, we're, we are steep. I mean, our traditions and our history... You know, we are steeped in you know, distinction, honour and panache. Mm. You know, that, that is what we're about. <clears throat> would we change that to be... <laughs> we 
would the fans change that? No, you're right. They, I don't think, I don't think we would. Exactly. That's that, that <coughs> what we're, you know, the club is about. Yeah. And, you know, at the moment, I think John touched on it. We are, I'm very excited at the moment, both for on and off the field. We're in the best position we have been for a long, long time. The group of players we've got coming through are younger players. I think they've got some great talents. I think we're being blessed with that we could be having a group of youngsters coming through, all starting to grow in stature at the right time. I, I really believe that um, we've got a number of players you know, who are just come through the academy. Uh, some players out on loan. We've got Nathan and Dominic up at, uh, up at Rangers. Uh, yeah, obviously in the team now, we've got Harry Kane and Ryan Mason. We've got the Bentelevs. We've got Deli Allies. We've got Tom Carroll. We've got Alex Pritchard. Alex Pritchard, um, I'm good friends with Mike Warburton at Brentford last year, now at Rangers. And he said last season Brentford did so well. But he said Alex Pritchard was a main driving point for that. So we have got some great talents coming together. And if, you know, where we're building at the moment, we've got a solid back four. We've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. The partnership between uh, Odderwald and uh, Vertonghen is growing in, you mm-hmm. know, I think every game they play together, they're looking stronger. With the, either Danny or Ben at left back, we've got Carl at right back. Dyer has been a revelation in that holding position. Mm. So we, I believe we've now got a really solid base where we're not a soft touch anymore. And with the likes of Ali and Ericsson, Kane, well, all these players, you can go out there and use that, use that verve, use that swagger, use that flair, is what we're hoping to create things for us. And as I said, I am very excited and have been you know, so positive about us for, for a long time, where we are at the moment. Don't put the kibosh on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical Spurs fan. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, look, um, thank you so much uh, for now, the panel, but let's uh, open up for you guys that uh, have come up. So we've got a couple of roaming mics, so if you just put your hand up and you've got any questions to ask any of the panel. Um, okay. Um, when we go up to certain northern clubs, um, the referee seems to be a bit biased against the London clubs. How do you players cope with that? I mean, I've seen Tottenham play quite a lot uh, uh, since the early 60s, and I've travelled quite a lot, and I've seen t- some of the referees seem to be very biased against us, especially at a certain club where we scored a goal once and they use it for spec savers. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, you want to... Well, I, I'm not sure now about the north and the south, but I played for what I would call two massive clubs and two small clubs. And there was a, always it, a disadvantage playing for the smaller club then. And it was Coventry and Wimbledon. Mm. You didn't get the decisions. When you were at Spurs and Manchester United, you got decisions, particularly in home games. So I, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, for me, I experienced the north and, north and, se- north, north and south mm. divide. We've never um, been a team that harangues refs. There's obviously Arsenal, Chelsea, always crowding around the refs, trying to influence them. We've never done that. I mean, you know, maybe in a sort of, you know, in a certain way sometimes. I mean, I don't know if you keep having to go at a ref, they eventually give one your, your way. I, I don't know. Well, referees are human beings. Uh, I mean, I have to say... Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I work on the FA Disciplinary Committee now, so I do right. all the decisions, overturn referees, red card decisions, and uh, all things get put before us. I have to be honest, it is the worst job in the world to be a referee. Uh, I mean, and I always had the thing, I'd say I was at the club for 16 years and I was captain there. During my captaincy for the 11 years I was captain, I never, ever argued with the referee. Um, you know, I, I'd always, I'd always, you know, always good rapport with referees. 
if you made a bad decision, yeah, obviously you hear some bad language going behind. I'd always walk up to the ref, referee <laughs> and you say, ref, when you see that I match the day tonight, you'll be embarrassed. Mm. You know, and that was all I said. And, and smile at him. Went away because if you, if you get on the referee's back, yeah, he could just, yeah, something could happen. Uh, he's, he may just blow something against you because you annoyed him so much. Mm. Uh, I'd have a great rapport with referees mainly because we had some players that were always going to be in trouble. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Paul Gascoigne, but every single game we played, in the first 15 minutes of the game, the referee would come to me and say, his captain, say, Gary, come here. I said, what's it, referee said, if Paul Gascoigne calls me, <laughs> I can't say the word, but it's a very, very bad word. Yeah. Again, I'll send him off. So I go to Gaza, uh, Gaza, so I told him, Gaza, every, every game, within 15 minutes, he comes to me, and every time, I, I turned to Gaza, and I, I, before I said the word, he said, Yes, Mavs, I won't call him that again, it's okay. So he left it. And the first game I didn't play, his first season, uh, we're at home, I think it was Man United, just after Christmas, I was injured. Gaz got sent off after 23 minutes for calling the referee <laughs> that word. <laughs> so, I mean, say, I never argue, there's no point arguing with the referee, he's not going to change his decision, he's not going to do anything. Uh, so the only thing is, is that there was, during that period of time, a lot of thought that if you did put enough pressure on the referee, as Arsenal were prone to do, he may actually give something your way because you, he may think, well, actually, did I get that right and was I being a bit unfair to them? So it's the way that yeah, the game was at the time. Uh, it's pointless arguing with referees. I They're always so. right. I argue with referees. Yeah. <laughs> I, I argue with them too, to be fair. Um, no, I can, I can remember... Uh, the, uh, a game about four years ago at Stamford Bridge when we'd gone 1-0 up with a Slandro goal. And then Gomez sort of let the ball through his legs and it didn't go over the line, but the linesman gave it. Yes, and then right. they got a winner um, with an offside from Wright Phillips, I think. And at the end of the game, um, so Harry was sort of going to think, oh, it's just one of these things, there's decisions going on. And I was sort of on my, in the car on the way home from... Uh, Stanford Bridge thinking, you should be absolutely mad. I'm furious about this, you know, and you're just sort of saying, oh, it's one of those things. You know, I felt that was a minute where I kind of lost a bit of Harry Love, actually, because I think he should have he should have really sort of made a meal of that because that I, I felt that both those decisions were classic, you know, big home home side decisions yeah. uh, that had been made as much for the crowd and for Abramovich and money as against Spurs. You know, because Spurs hadn't won at Chelsea for God knows how long. And um, I, I was absolutely, I was absolutely boiling about it. I felt we'd been, you know, Chelsea probably deserved the win overall, but they hadn't scored two goals. There was we... the United one, I remember, when we were two up at half-time at Old Trafford. We lost 5-2, and one of their players mm. dived over Gomez. It yeah. wasn't, and they got that, and then we lost 5-2 up north. There are, there are many examples yeah. I can think of where maybe things haven't gone away. Another Please. question over Sorry. here. Yes, I've got one. Um, yeah, I was uh, brought up um, a Catholic, and um, the, of the, all the things I couldn't understand, the one I really couldn't understand the most was the concept of purgatory. Um, <laughs> now, some people are going to know where this is going. Um, a, a few years ago, I saw the film In Bruges, and the two characters, like my parents were Irish, and one was saying, you know, what is this concept of purgatory? We don't really understand what is it. He said, well, it's like being a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. <laughs> <laughs> um, does this resonate with any of you? And have you got any oh, yes. particular yeah. way? And is it perhaps something that does make us special? Hmm. 
I think that's absolutely true because, yes, purgatory is, is, is the, the word, isn't it? Um, it but, the, again, I think also regarding Spurs supporters, um, I would be absolutely appalled if um, our players surrounded a, a referee and harangued him the way that Chelsea players do, it would almost be a deal-breaker. I would sort of feel that, well, maybe, is this, a, is this really my club? I, I, I just think it... Um, one of the things about Spurs supporters is that they do have taste and, and, and a sort of kind of manners about these things. And... Um, you know, I always used to feel slightly uncertain about Gareth Bale being accused of diving, for instance. And at first I thought, oh, no, he, I, I, he would never dive. You know, he plays for Spurs. But it, I did have that sort of nagging little feeling of uncertainty towards the end, I must say. Hmm. That's yeah, very harsh. <laughs> I, I think Manchester City, I always think their supporters used to be exactly the same. The northern mm. version yeah. of Tottenham supporters, yeah. they travelled in vain and they supported... They had the, the noisy neighbours next door, and then the, the club has, the fabric of the club has completely changed now. Mm. I know it's not Main Road; it's a new stadium. I went up there recently mm. to watch a game. There's three gentlemen on the train that, are obviously, of an age that had seen the, mm. the, their team playing in the lower divisions. Um, similar types of players to what Tottenham have had over the years, and they were saying, "I'm not going down for the semi-final. I'm going to just in case we get in the Champions League final." This was about trips mm -hmm. down to Wembley. Yeah. We probably, we've had the League Cup final. I won't go down for the semi-final at the FA Cup just in case I'm saving money for the, the Champions League. So, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah. how different. So hopefully, I'd like to hope that if Tottenham do eventually become as successful as Manchester City are now, that we, we would still retain that, that character. Listen to the Spurs fans. You mentioned it earlier, I think, when you were saying about... The Champions League, yeah, we had the Champions League theme before the mm. game. I mean, we were been in the Champions League once, okay, and it was like utopia for us, okay. Arsenal been in it every single year for What's the last the 16 <laughs> years, and I cannot believe the Arsenal fans. I mean, obviously, Arsene Wenger's quite a good friend of mine, and I know him very well. He should have been a Tottenham manager, by the way, because <clears> the way he talks about the game, the gentleman that he is, I mean, I'd love to have seen him as a Tottenham manager, but he's done a great job at Arsenal. Uh, he's got into the Champions League every single year and the fans have been moaning. I know, I find that incredible. I can't, I'm with you on that one. I cannot believe it. Like yeah. I said, for us, we've had it once and we remember it so. I mean, you know, the Bale's goals in, uh, in Milan, yeah. every single game you can remember so mm. vividly. Mm. Uh, and yet, so is it the fact that... You know, would we get bored? Would we get bored? Oh, every year we're in the Champions League. Oh, dear. Well, let's see. Let's yeah. have yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's we'll try it. Yeah, we'll come back in 16 years' time. <laughs> but talk about the purgatory of Spurs. I mean, of the Champions League, because I went to that. The, we had to play a quiz when we were fourth. We had to play the qualifier. Oh, the young, young boys. Young qualifier. boys in Burn. Oh. We oh, were sort of 3 nil down <laughs> in half an hour. Yeah. And you could see there. the whole season disappearing <laughs> yes. in by the middle of August. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was clear because it was also on a sort of um, artificial pitch, mm. and it was clear that we, you know, we knew we were going to play that, but we hadn't practiced because the players were overhitting the ball when they were bouncing, <laughs> ball would fly, passes were flying and <coughs> bouncing over people's heads and stuff. You think 
We knew we were going to be playing on this kind of pitch. We should have practised on this, and we clearly hadn't. You know, it was a complete mystery to us playing on an sort of artificial pitch. But luckily, we got a couple of goals. Pavlichenko, uh, Pavlichenko yeah. winner. Yeah, Ooh. I mean not winner, but to put us back in uh, in with a shout. Do have questions? Oh. Yeah, gentlemen, um, lovely to be able to resonate with your own feelings about our great club. Uh, is there a Spurs way? Well, of course there is. Look at the great players we've had through our teams, going back not just to Dave Mackay and his crowd, but right the way up through Jurgen Klinsmann, etc., etc. We've had some really fantastic class players. So, yes, there's a Spurs way and a way that we love to play. Why have we bugged it up, excuse my French, from time to time? Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who actually is a Tottenham supporter, most of them around me are the other persuasion, um, and he said something which I think Gary sort of has picked up on, we haven't quite been ruthless enough, but if you look at what we've got now, we've got probably the youngest or certainly one of the youngest teams and squads in the league, and youngsters don't have preconceptions as much as, shall we say, people have been through the mill. And I remember particularly one game we played at home many years ago. You played in this, Terry. We had a lot of injuries, and we had to put out a few people who were not officially first team in those days. You were one. Mark Falco was another. Can you remember the score? Uh, there was two games like that. One was a 5-0 against Arsenal. That's the one. Yeah, and there was <laughs> one against Everton as well. It was like... Yeah. The whole no, it, was the, it was the Arsenal one. And yeah. you guys came out, yeah. and everybody was, oh, my God, we haven't got this, we haven't got Glenn, he's not playing, he's not playing. And you guys came out with no fear and went, let's go. Okay, yeah. Gary played midfield with Steve yeah. Archibald, centre midfield. Yeah. Yes. Like me, me and Archie yeah. in the middle of midfield. It <laughs> 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 was so Alan Brazil and Mark Falco up front. I was yeah. one wing. Yeah. Chris Hewton got two goals. Yeah. Brazil on that great Falco volley, wasn't it? It's yeah. Falco scored a great volley. Yeah. Screamer. But do you think there is, a, there is a correlation between the fact that we have a very young team, a very young squad, who are probably less concerned about whether we win or lose, oh, in, in, oh. in that sense? Um, and that over the years, the one thing that we have lacked as a club possibly is ruthlessness? Well, I, it goes back to my point earlier about team talks from teams when I was the opposition against Tottenham, it was always the same. Um, I'm actually getting used to the moment and quite enjoying it. I wouldn't want it to last for too long, that we're hard to beat and we're hard to score against at the moment, which hasn't, hasn't been you know, the Tottenham way. Um, but I agree with everybody. I think we're, we're going in the right direction because of the age of the squad. And I think the manager's getting better every season as well. You know, From when he first came to the Premier League with Southampton to now, as John said, there seems to be a plan... Um, on the pitch and off the pitch. Do you think yeah, I would like to sort of. I would like to ask sort of Gary and Terry this guy because what it what it feels to. I mean, there's always been a sense that sort of Daniel Levy has been the one pulling the strings, and that the sort of the manager is really kind of got playing with white, his arms tied behind his back, and how Levy having sort of got himself into a right mess over sort of last three managers. Do you think there is a sense now that he's backed off and that sort of Pochettino? has been allowed the kind of freedom because Levy knows that he can't, you know, sort of impose players and sell players, you know, that, uh, you know, without sort of Pochettino's consent these days. Well, we've had a, you know, a number of different ways of um, 
working behind the scenes. Obviously, mm. director of football being brought in and different mm. ones come and gone. Um, but I think what's the... I think it was a masterstroke by, by Daniel bringing in Mauricio because you know, we've got... We're in a period now of, say, we're going to be moving stadium, a lot of things going on you know, off the pitch. Mm. You know, we needed some stability you know, on the playing field. And Mauricio, I mean... Like Terry, I get travelled all around the world and speak to a lot of people who are involved in the game. He has got great respect globally for his work with you know, bringing young players through, youth players, nurturing those players and getting the best out of them. And you know, he's, come in, he's come into our club and I feel that you know, there were times perhaps a couple of years ago when Harry Kane had been out on loan, came back to us, played a Europa League game, didn't go too well, back out on loan. And th- there was a bit of doubt, you know, could he make the step up from development squad to the first team? And now look at Harry. Mauricio came in and said to Harry, I'm playing you in front of Soldado and in front of Adebayor. You proved to me you deserve your place. And he's, he's taken it and, and look at him now. Ryan Mason's come through. I mean, you know, Deli Ali this season, La Mela, all the players I mentioned earlier, all those young players that we've got. He's working with those players and... He's working very well with managers like Mark Warburton when he's at Brentford and now at Rangers with those managers where our players are out on loan to try and get our players to grow in stature and to develop. So I think there is a, a plan of bringing the youth through. It's everyone's talk. We haven't seen youth players coming through for a long time like we've got this group we've got at the moment. And I like your point about um, you know, ruthlessness and whatever with the young players and not worried about having got the concerns about a more experienced player. What I'm seeing in this younger group of players, and what I, I have seen, but I haven't seen as much as I would like to see, is the passion the young players now have for wanting to play for Tottenham. I'm seeing that more now than I've seen for a long time. And if we can develop that. And I think Mauricio is an excellent manager. And I think he's got the capabilities of taking us forward and continuing to take us forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm always very positive. I have to be honest. Most times I lead with my heart rather than my head. Uh, but what I'm seeing at the moment, I really have been. At the start of the season, I was a bit unsure. I was thinking, this year, if we can be in the top six, it could be tough this year. You know, looking at the other squads of players, expecting Chelsea to be dominant like they were last season. We've seen Chelsea having a really bad start, but they will come back. Liverpool, I don't believe, are, are going to be a major threat. But we've got Leicester, likes of West Ham, you know, who I believe will not sustain it, haven't got the squads big enough to sustain staying in the top, top four, there is a place there for us this season. And I think it's a very realistic opportunity we have of getting a, a spot this year. You know we're messing up. <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> we've, we've actually run, we've run over, and we could all talk about Spurs literally all day, uh, but we've got, we've got to wrap up now. So thank you so much for coming out today. It's been lovely to have you all here. And um, please, a round of applause for your panel. Julie, Gary, Terry and John. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.